Welcome to Asa Abloy's Security Perspectives podcast. In today's complex world, it takes a village to ensure the safety, security, and health of a facility. In each episode, we'll speak with industry experts about their point of view on the latest trends, technologies, and topics impacting the security industry. If you want to broaden your perspective on physical security, this podcast will give you the insight you're looking for. Joining me today is Nelson Olivier from Mississippi State University. Welcome, Nelson. Thank you. All right, glad to have you here. So, uh, going down through the list of, of questions here to get to know you a little bit better today is uh, where'd you go to, to college? Mississippi State University. Oh, so you never left? Never left. Okay. Well, briefly left. Okay. But, yeah. What'd you major in there? Uh, started out in architecture. I uh, spent three and a half years, and then after that, I switched to wildlife science. I'm always fascinated to. Uh, to, to hear how everybody, what, you know, where they went to school, how they got started in the position, wildlife science. How does that translate to uh, life safety division uh, manager for Mississippi State? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's an odd one. You know, um, I, after I got decided to get out of architecture, you know, it was like, okay, what do I want to do? And I always had an enjoyment of the outdoors and that's where the wildlife science came in. Um, but when I made that switch, from architecture obviously I had to start working more for to pay for school and all that and so that's where I got into the low voltage with local company um, and I just excelled within those companies and I went from one company to another continued to excel moving up in the ranks um, eventually left Mississippi and went to Iowa so my wife could do her PhD and while we were there, I, I was self-employed six years. Then I joined University of Iowa, and you know, it just it just kept growing and growing. Um, we had the opportunity to move back to Startwell, and uh, this position came open, and it just fit right in with what I'd been doing for 28 plus years. And so, so it was just uh, another step in the continued career. Okay, great. Well, what, well, your time in school, uh, what was your go-to 2 a.m. snack? You know, I shared apartments with a bunch of guys, and there was always cold pizza around. Okay. <laughs> you still eat it today? Uh, every now and then, yes. Okay. All right. It's good to know. <laughs> what was your favorite college football team? Uh, Hale State. Okay. I, you know, I don't think – I haven't had anyone yet uh, kind of waver from the school that they, they went to. But I, I do got to mention, though, you know, your college baseball team – I know the football teams get a lot of the love in the SEC, but your uh, your baseball team was national champions last national year. National champions, the first one for the university. Yeah, it no, was that, a, yeah. it was a huge milestone. Yeah, and you guys got a great ballpark. We have an amazing ballpark. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, it is referred to the Car the Carnegie Hall of Baseball. <laughs> I'm jealous that we didn't get a chance to. Uh, to, to visit there last year. I think everybody would have enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a unique f facility, uh, especially with the left field lounge, the left field lofts, um, which are apartments in the left field that overlook the field, have a rooftop terrace. You know, it's, yeah. it's a kind of, you know, mix of, of different ballparks together. Now, how, do you, um, how do you handle security uh, in the athletic space that might be a little bit different from academic and, and student housing do you are you do you get involved with that we side? do we do get involved some um you know it, it really depends on the sport and the you know what what's happening with the sport you know uh, as far as um, football you know obviously we have to bring in a lot of outside agencies for football you know because of the number of people in attendance um, but we do assist the athletic department with operation of cameras within the 
football stadium. Uh, the baseball stadium, we've, we same situation. We, you know, we have cameras throughout the stadium uh, just to enhance the safety and security. Okay, great. Um, at your time at Hale State, what was your best experience from, from college? You know, uh, one was I met my wife, um, and it was in wildlife diseases class. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, my wife is a uh, uh, veterinarian, um, but she also has her Ph.D. in pathology, so she's a veterinary pathologist for the university, and uh, and that was our cl- the class we met in. Great. Well, I uh, I also met my wife in college as well, and uh, I know they're both listening, so we'll uh, we'll just move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, how did you get into this role that you're in now? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, it's quite a quite a journey from wildlife science to, to where you're at. Yeah, now, so. it was it was uh, you know in, a, in an effort to pay for school, join a local. Um, alarm company where we dealt with anything low voltage, um, security system, fire alarms, you know, anything at the time. Um, and then I joined another company and, um, you know, was a managing partner, so to speak, in that company. Um, and then we, we left to go to Iowa so Alicia could do her PhD. And when we moved there, I couldn't find anything in a similar role. So I went ahead and went self-employed. I spent six years traveling all over Iowa uh, you know, managing national contracts. Uh, and then a position came open at the University of Iowa. Um, and it was a great opportunity. Uh, worked with some really good people there, learned a lot there. And uh, and then we had a chance to come back to Startwell. Um, Alicia was offered a position at the vet school, gave us a chance to come back. And um, my position was not a position at the university. Um, we had an incident happen on campus uh, that made the university look at how things are handled on campus, um, and then that opened our the door for for my position. Okay, now that, that's an interesting as a as a follow up uh, question to that. Um, I mean, what? How did that? How did your campus handle safety and security prior to that to that incident? Like, yeah, what's changed? A lot has changed because access control before then was just a convenience for keys. You know. Um, it was a homegrown system in that it was it was built for the university within the university, um, and it started out as a meal plan, you know, on the card, and then it over time it just morphed into an access control, um, but it never took safety and security into consideration. It was always just, hey, we have a door here, we don't want to issue keys, let's put a card reader there. Um, now we're approaching, you know, building security, making sure the buildings are locked, um, knowing that they're locked, knowing if somebody's propping a door open or forces a door open. Um, you know, to make sure, you know, especially after hours, that students working in these buildings have a sense of security. They know that nobody's going to just pop in the building. Sure. And where do you see moving forward now that, you know, you guys have taken some, some great measures at, at Mississippi State? Uh, to get where you're at. Where do you see security going in the next five years from your perspective? In the next five years, we hope to have addressed the exterior doors on all the buildings on campus for one. Um, you know, we have a long way to go. The The legacy system had over 2,500 readers on it, and that was just a hodgepodge of exterior doors, interior doors. You know, there was no consistency. Um, you know, obviously, we want to get to that point where we can – we know that every building is secure on campus. Um, but, with, but with that 
gives us that ability in a situation that we hope never happens, we have that ability to lock down campus mm -hmm. if we need to. Um, and we don't have that now, you know. And then the other thing is, you know, making that transition and getting to mobile, you know, mobile credentials. We want to get there, but but with what's on campus now, we don't have that. Yeah, I know. I know funding is obviously, um, you know, uh, not not a major issue, but funding always comes up, right? There's certain campuses that that uh, that seem to to get funding to do some, and then others that uh, might just be a little bit uh, behind. That's not saying they're not going to move that direction. But what's been one of the biggest challenges as you have that vision to get there? What has you know what's preventing you from from moving that direction? You know, we have two things. Funding's one of those things. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when you look at the cost, you know, what does it cost to convert everything over? You know, we're talking. 17 20 million dollars plus you know we don't have that kind of funding you know so so we look at how we approach it you know in that we take our annual fiscal funding approach the buildings we can you know we make sure every new construction project every renovation project has funding to to add what we need in that building whether it's access control cameras you know those sort of things um, and then departments Departments have needs and, you know, and, and we do approach those departments if they're not part of our fiscal year projects, you know, to fund the installation of what they, mm -hmm. you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And then any recurring expenses, we'll take those on in the future. Um, you know, the other thing is, is integrators. Um, we're in a region that is not heavily supported by big integrators. And so... Um, you know, we're bringing integrators from three hours out, four hours out, you know, and, and for, for big projects that works, but for situations where you have failures and you need things done, that doesn't always, you know, bringing somebody in in a timely manner to fix things doesn't always work. So, so we're trying to grow within the university as well. You know, right now we have a staff of three, myself, I have an assistant and we have a technician. Um, after six years of this and several years of, of pushing, pushing, we finally have approval to add two more technicians and a business manager. Mm -hmm. So, so July one, we will double in size, you know, and, and I hope that trend continues um, because I feel like we can be more efficient with these installations if we have our own staff sure no yeah i mean just you're meeting your initiatives and that's all going to be predicated mm -hmm. on your ability to to be vertically integrated and handle a lot of your right. own your own work due to some of those challenges that exist in your uh, i'm sure you're not alone uh, either i mean campuses listening to this or uh, experiencing those same issues so that's a pretty good uh, security perspective on on how you're addressing that so any advice to your peers um for someone else starting in a similar role that might be considering getting into the, the, the safety and security world? You know, from, a, from getting into the role, you know, understanding the needs of the university, you know, where are you at within the university with your systems? You know, are you starting with all brass keys and, you know, which is a clean slate, you know, um, or, or are you converting an existing system? Um, and making sure, you know, all the stakeholders that need to be involved are involved. Um, we have a committee that is comprised of everybody from environmental health and safety, ITS, you know, facilities management, uh, dean of students, 
parking and transit, all these groups come together. You know, we meet on a regular basis to kind of define where we're headed, where, what we need to accomplish, um, and keep our scope, you know, so that's a big thing. Um, the other thing is creating a policy, you know, that, that really defines what the university wants within these systems, you know, access control, video surveillance, even how you're managing your keys. Um, you know, that policy gives you the teeth you need to help move things forward. Um, you're always going to have those people that you butt heads with, you know, that I don't want to give up my keys. I don't want to give up this control. And that policy gives you that ability to help push things forward. No, that's another another great perspective. And in and, and closing, my, my last question for you is, uh, besides the, the job you're in now, what, what would be a dream job for, for Nelson? Dream job for me would be probably charter fishing. Okay. I love to fish. Okay. Um, you know, Are you going to tell us where your favorite fishing hole's at? Uh, I'd be willing to really? share. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, <laughs> we spend a lot of time in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, which is uh, part of the Mississippi Sound, you know, um, and I have a lot of fun fishing redfish, speckled trout, flounder, um, you know, and it's really a lot of fun when you can go sight fish to redfish, you know, they're in shallow water, up real shallow, and you just sight fishing and chasing them in shallow water. Okay. Well, uh, for tune in next time, maybe Nelson will share his, his fishing hole for the rest That's of the right. fishermen out there. So, well, great. Well, thanks, Nelson, uh, for joining us today. And uh, that concludes episode three. So join us for episode four coming up soon. Thank you. Thank you.